the Boston Celtics dealing with some frustrations, of course. And are some of you missing what could be the best part of this Celtics story? We're going to talk about it right here on this Tuesday. Locked on Celtics. Milk. Let's go. Crowd goes crazy, most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, it's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. I'm happy that you are taking me in the Lockdown Celtics Podcast with you wherever it is that you're going, whatever you're doing right now. I very much appreciate it. I'm John Corrales. If you're new, I host the show on a Monday through Friday basis. So when you subscribe, you're going to get these podcasts dropped to your device Monday through Friday. I cover the Boston Celtics for Boston Sports Journal Dot com. So go and subscribe to Boston Sports Journal. Use the promo code Corrales, and you're going to get $5 off an annual subscription. That works out to be less than $3 a month, and you get the entire site. So not just Celtics, but Red Sox, Patriots, Bruins, if you're interested in that stuff, Revolution, all Boston sports. So, And of course, one more plug, my book, The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, available now wherever books are sold online. Today, we're going to start with frustrations that we're dealing with here, uh, that the Celtics are dealing with. Uh, The Celtics practiced a rare practice in Dallas. They got one in. So you'll hear from Brad Stevens, a couple of quotes from Brad Stevens, on how do you get past the game that you just blew? And I'll talk about that in the first segment. Second segment, a little bit on Aaron Neesmith. Brad also talked about Aaron Neesmith. We got to talk to Aaron Neesmith. And interesting thing that that Brad said about Aaron Neesmith. And in the third segment, are some people missing what might end up being the best part of this Celtics story? And I will tell you how this relates to Paul Pierce. First, the Celtics... They had that early game. I think I mentioned this yesterday in the podcast. They had the early game. They got out. Uh, They were able to get from New Orleans to Dallas uh, same night as the game. So they got to sleep, wake up, and then on this day, which would otherwise, I think, be a travel day, they got to go in and hit the practice floor, which is good. Like it's, It's important that they were able to go out there. I'm sure they didn't do very much. I'm sure it was very, very light. But they needed to work on some just slippage, fundamental things. When when we talk about the Celtics and Brad Stevens getting more involved and maybe doing a little bit more uh, hand-holding, as it were, this is where it's going to happen, where the players do what they've been doing and falling on these old habits and Brad Stevens being able to blow the whistle and be like, no, no, this is what we want to do. We want to go this way. We want you to see this and react here. This is what you should be doing. Going through a film session before you hit the floor so you can show them, these are the things that you did well. 
these are the things that you did poorly. And now let's go work on them. So here's Brad Stevens talking about just the overall frustrations and, and what he saw uh, on the video from Sunday. Yeah, I mean, yesterday hurt. Like yesterday hurt. Um, when you go back and watch the video, the toughest part for me was that if we play an average, you know, end of third, fourth quarter, then we feel really good about ourselves because it might have been the best game we played up to that point. Um, obviously, you know, you have to put that together for 48 minutes, but it hurt. It hurt. That, that, one's, that one stung. So today was about being able to put that behind us and learn from it, learn from what we need to do better in that moment. And, um, you know, I think we will do better in that moment. We, we talked about, we did some simulations um, in practice that I think will be productive. Um, and everybody's attitudes were really good. Like, you know, I think when you're, when you're in the midst of this, that's, that's really hard, right? Like you've got, you know, you feel the weight of a loss like that and uh, you forget all the great things that you did to get up to that lead. We were able to show both. And so in a lot of ways, it was our best game up to that point, And then certainly one of our worst after that point, just got to put it all together. Uh, and that's what we'll keep working to do. Honestly, one of the biggest things that's going to get lost from that game is how good the Celtics were in the first half. You can't, you know, we can talk like crazy about how bad they were in the fourth quarter, which is obviously a hundred percent true, but the Celtics in the first half did so many good things. They, the defense that they played was outstanding. Uh, Jason Tatum in the second quarter was some of the best basketball play uh, I've seen Jason Tatum play. Overall, I thought the Celtics were just good. Kemba Walker was playing some good defense, taking charges. He was doing a lot out there. And so... To hear Brad say, like, look, if we had just get through that third quarter, end of third quarter, that fourth quarter, then the entire feeling of this game changes. And so we really have to look at, like, what's what's the bigger issue here? Really, what honestly, what's the bigger issue here? Is it that the fourth quarter went the way it went, or that... The, you know, how would we have felt if the fourth quarter was, as Brad said, average and we, this entire day, the all of Monday was like, wow, Celtics looked really good. So you can't ignore one, but you can't ignore the other either. And it kind of gives ammunition to both sides. The side that says everything sucks says, look at the fourth quarter and the side that says, Things aren't all bad, and if they can figure a couple of things out, it could be really good. I will present to you the first half of that same game. The same 48 minutes provides each side which is, with its ammunition. It says a lot about this team, really, that this each single game can provide so much. Also, 
it is not out of the ordinary for this league this season. There's one person on Twitter. I, I should have looked this up. I didn't even think of it. It just popped into my head. Whenever people are coming into my mentions on Twitter, there's a person who's like, please look around the league. Please look at the entire league. Like I'm begging you to look around the entire league and understand what's going on. There are probably five or six teams with panic buttons being pressed. The Dallas Mavericks were supposed to be one of the best teams in the West. And there they are, nine and a half games out, 14 and 15. And it's like, whoa, what, what, what's going on with Dallas? Panic button going on over there. The Denver Nuggets, panic button, their seventh seed. They're just, uh, they're 16 and 14. You know, like Milwaukee finally won a couple of games, but like for a while there, they what, lost four in a row? Panic button. Toronto, panic button. Although they're finally, you know, catching up. But Miami, not in the playoffs right now. Panic button. <laughs> there are panic buttons all over the place. Sacramento. Yeah, well, I was just going to, I talked to the Sacramento guy for his podcast. Locked on Kings. Point is, there are a lot of panic buttons being pressed. Celtics are not alone. And this season is kind of opening up the entire league to potential problems, um, inconsistencies, and whatnot. So, Brad Stevens also talked about, I asked him about the frustrations and how do you not let this stuff boil over? Here, here's here's my question to Brad. You just said you, you've got to do a job uh, organizing these guys, what what does that entail? And secondly, um, as these frustrating games keep happening, guys are starting to express some frustration after games. How do you prevent that from becoming more than just some blowing off some steam and not a bigger problem that that yeah. affects more? It's, it's, fr- it's frustrating to lose. You know, I think we have a very competitive group. Um, I think we have a group that will only get better, um, but we also have a very competitive group. And, you know, again, I go back to, like, our best players have gotten the chance to experience things that a lot of guys, you know, especially the young guys, Jalen and Jason's age, that other guys their age haven't gotten a chance to experience. And so, like anything else, we, we all want that all the time. And so a string of losses, tough losses, what we've gone through is, you know, it's hard to swallow. Um, and that's why it's so important to be able to move on to the next day, the next play, learn, improve, get better, and do all that we can to help each other um, have success. Certainly, um, that's not just by any means on them or the guys that are playing in the fourth. I think that's everybody in the organization, um, and certainly me and my staff in helping as much as we possibly can. But. I'm not worried about it from the standpoint of like the there's always going to be frustration after games. This is this group when we get back together, when we meet, when we talk, it's just a real down to earth, um, you know, real level group. And so we know we have to improve. We will. Um, that doesn't mean yesterday doesn't hurt. That doesn't mean it wasn't an uncomfortable feeling or a terrible plane ride or a tough night's sleep. You know, in the immediacy of directly after the games, like I talked about Jalen Brown and, you know, I wrote about Jalen Brown. He's, he's clearly frustrated. There's, there's, there are clear frustrations going on 
with the Boston Celtics. There's no doubt about that. But you hear the guys in the background seemingly having fun. Guys, they don't seem to carry the frustrations over day-to-day necessarily. It feels like a lot of this stuff is, I think, something that they can get through. It may not be. Maybe we're missing something. That's certainly true. When I say, and look, I get it. I skew positive. I definitely skew positive. I try to be a more positive person. In general, I try not to be negative and and focus more on positive stuff. I get that. That's me. But that doesn't mean I don't acknowledge that some of this stuff might not be happening. Like maybe some of the stuff, maybe they are covering some stuff up, but they do seem to be able to get past certain things. And you hear even Jalen Brown saying like he trusts this team. He trusts this coaching staff. Kemba Walker at practice today talking about, you know, we're following Brad's lead. It's something that he said. Um, people who have suggested that the Celtics have tuned out their coach, that does not seem to be at least the outward projection. Like we've seen teams tune out a coach before, and there are certain signs when that happens. And just for me, just my observation, I don't see those signs here. Not yet. Maybe, maybe it's coming. Maybe there's an underlying thing, but I don't see those signs. I think Brad summed it up there. It was, it sucked. That loss sucked, but they're trying to move on. And Hey, look, they don't have no much, they don't have much choice, but to move on. The, uh, the, the Dallas Mavericks are waiting around the corner. And I know I just talked about them having a panic button, but at the same time, they can come together and put together a decent performance. In fact, are they playing now? Yeah, they just beat the Grizzlies. Grizzlies are not a, a playoff team either, but look, it's a win and it's the team directly behind them. Actually, I think that just tied them up. But anyway, Dallas can go ahead and you know be a problem. Luckily, the Celtics get Dallas on the back-to-back. That's good news. So hopefully the Celtics can learn some lessons from this and turn things around. Part of that turnaround could include Aaron Neesmith. I I like to talk about patience all the time. Aaron Neesmith is a great example of patience. So talk about Aaron Neesmith next. You should have patience when it comes to fixing your car and you don't have to rush out to some strip mall chain store to get a part that you need. I know that you're using your wipers a ton in this winter weather. I know that something might have just come up and and dinged your car and you want to fix that. You can go to rockauto.com and save yourself plenty of money if you stay patient, go online, order your part from rockauto.com and let that thing get delivered because you can go to the chain store, you can pay a lot more and you're going to get whatever they have in stock because they can only keep so much on those shelves in that store, in that location. So don't bother reciting all of your car's details to that person behind the counter. Just do it yourself at home or on your mobile device and go check out that catalog that they have that's very expansive. It's very unique. It's easy to navigate. And it comes from a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They do not change their prices for pros and do-it-yourselfers. That's silly. They don't do it. 
They do not change their prices based on what the market will bear like an airline ticket. That is silly. They do not do it. There's no memberships. There's no account login. It's just very simple and straightforward. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts that they have available for your car or truck. And most importantly, when you buy something, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Be sure to follow our social channels, LO Celtics on Twitter and Locked On Celtics on Instagram. There is a lot of sports news out there aside from the Boston Celtics and the NBA. And if you want to keep up on stuff like the Seattle Mariners president stepping down or uh, all of the football workouts, uh, a lot of different uh, things going on now in the NFL, all around the sports world, you're going to want to subscribe to Locked On today. Peter Bukowski hosts the breakdown of the biggest stories and analysis from our local experts, all the sports news you need and it comes in less than 20 minutes. Subscribe to Lockdown Today wherever you get your podcasts. Aaron Neesmith went from unplayable. Remember the beginning of the year? Where I was like, how bad does he have to be to not play? And then he didn't play. And it was like, oh boy, that's how bad he's got to be. And then he just he, he started to turn things around. And it was remarkable. The turnaround that he showed was just, I don't know, how, how do you do that without practicing? How do you do that with the travel and all of that stuff? It, it's kind of amazing when you think about it. It's not the typical rookie story, but he's out there, he's getting some minutes, and not only is he getting some minutes, Brad Stevens is even talking about getting him out on the floor for end of like end of game situations. You know, like we talk about Aaron Neesmith as a guy that um, is a shooter, but he's out there hustling. He's out there uh, blocking shots. He's doing all kinds of things. And Brad Stevens, when asked uh, about, Neesmith and Peyton Pritchard, uh, he said, quote, Aaron's energy makes a huge difference, and I think it's really helped us. I think we've got to get to the point where we he can be in a closing lineup, potentially, until we're back full, just because it gives us more space, more ability to spread the floor, more ability to play when teams really attack our best players, to play in that space and get open looks. So we have the potential for Neesmith to get into closing lineups. It's one of the adjustments. When Brad Stevens said, hey, I need to find a way, the coaching staff needs to find a way to to get this, uh, to to organize our guys and and to, to give these guys their best chance, maybe one of his adjustments is Aaron Neesmith down the stretch with size and hustle and energy and all of that. So how did Aaron Neesmith get here? Brad Stevens was asked. Hey, Brad, we just got talk, done talking to Aaron, and obviously over the past several games, he's gotten a chance to play a bunch more. I was just curious, in a season like this where you don't have a lot of practice time and you're you're kind of just getting from game to game, what leads you to decide to give a guy like that a chance when, you know, you maybe not have got a chance to see him in practice like you normally would throughout the year? Well, I get a chance to see him almost every day do his individual work. 
Um, you know, and I know what he's going through every day. I know the the progressions of work that he's going through. I know how much he and Joe Mazzula are covering in their individual work and in their preparation. And so I think a lot of it was um, we felt like he was ready um, to, to, you know, really contribute. We knew he'd give good energy. He's a high character person. Um, he plays the game with integrity. You know, he, like he, he, he hustles, he works, he runs, he stays in plays. You've seen him block a couple shots. He cr- corner crashes for rebounds. He does all those little things. And, and I think the biggest thing, the biggest challenge, Tim, and then you have to just kind of let that play out is just adjusting to the speed of the game on offense. And uh, he's done a better job of that as the last few weeks have gone on. And, you know, obviously we're playing young off the bench and, um, you know, I think he's done a pretty good job over the last couple of weeks. There's a lot to build off there. I think Neesmith is a great example here of when I talk about patience. You know, Neesmith sucked at the beginning of the season. Sucked. And he worked his ass off, and now here he is. Brad Stevens talking about getting him end-of-game situations. Brad Stevens talking about all of the positive things that he does. Neesmith, you know, he I'm not playing what he said because he frankly didn't say much. He kind of, you know, stock answer, good for the kid. Like he's, he's already at a veteran stock answer, kind of just do what I do, stay patient, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but I thought that, that Neesmith, you know, look, all of this stuff is exactly what you want a guy to do. All of this stuff is exactly where you want a guy going in individual work, putting the work in. You don't have a practice, finding another way to make an impact. Learning, very obviously watching film and learning from the stuff that's happening on the floor, applying it, and then doing all of the crazy things that he could do. He looks like he literally will run through a brick wall for Brad Stevens. He literally will play glass window, no problem. I'll I'll figure it out. He will do whatever. Um, And look, down the stretch, that kind of energy with the best players, their their best players on the floor, a guy that's going to go in there, maybe Aaron... And Robert Williams in, in you know, break class uh, uh, of a, in case of emergency, kind of low energy situation. You put Aaron Neesmith out there to kind of pump them up a little bit. Possible. I think that this is, this is a potential to be a good story for, for the Celtics. That Neesmith kind of playing his way into this role. And, and look, maybe playing his way into this is a way for him to to build up his his trade value, that's certainly an element here. That when we talk about maybe going after somebody like a Harrison Barnes, that they might see Neesmith in this type of energy and stuff that he puts out there, and you say, oh, wow, okay, he's coming along already? Like, as an opposing GM, I'd sit there and say, you know, this kid came in, wasn't playing well, and now look at him. I like that kid's potential. Maybe Neesmith, the value goes up and, and he could be part of the key to getting a different player. Of course, now once his value goes up, people say, don't trade him. But hey, and maybe you don't. Maybe you trade Langford. Maybe you maybe you trade neither. I don't know. But it seems like there's a potential for him to help the Celtics somehow, some way. But it's a testament to his hard work. A testament to his hard work. And it's a good story. 
The Celtics potentially could be a good story as well. Like they have the potential here to write one hell of a script. Up next, how this is similar to Paul Pierce. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way that you can bet on your sports action. Whatever you want to bet on, basketball, college and NBA, hockey, baseball is coming up, pitchers and catchers, and all those guys, they're they're back in Florida. Uh, they even cover on Bet Online awards, TV shows, reality TV. Check out their updated odds, props on almost anything you can imagine, in-game betting, all of that stuff. Bet Online has you covered. All of the news, the scores, the odds. Head on over to betonline.ag. Whether you're on your PC, your Mac, your mobile device, sign up today. Use the promo code Locked On. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's very simple. Whatever you deposit, free money. 50% of that on top of what you deposit is going into your account as a welcome bonus from Bet Online. Using the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Celtics wherever you get podcasts or follow us on Spotify. February is Black History Month and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and successes of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than a Game. Right now, you can hear Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. Subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. So, I I, I get a lot of... Uh, comments <laughs> on the website on Boston Sports Journal on Twitter of course where people can be generally horrible and it just all strikes me it's so funny that people how much people want to be negative how much people want to be angry that people get so upset that I suggest that things could be better, that these guys could learn and could get better at this. But they get mad at that. I've had somebody say that I, I'm smug when I say that things could be better, that people are upset that I don't believe that Kemba Walker is done and that he needs to go and whatever, dump him. I'm sorry that you feel that need to feel so horribly about this. And like I said before, I'm a positive person. I try to, to be more upbeat in general. I don't like being negative. Life's too short for the negativity. It really is. Just in general, it is. Sports is fun. This is basketball. I look at basketball... Like I look at pizza, even the bad pizza is still okay. It's still good. Now the good pizza is really good. Bad basketball, still basketball. You know what? Uh, you know, still not bad. 
but the good basketball is, oh my God. So I think there's something to take out of all of this. And like that game on Sunday, the first half was awesome. The first half was awesome. How are you just going to dismiss that first half being awesome? I acknowledge that that fourth quarter was terrible and that they need to fix that. And that's a problem. And I'm not going to sit here and say that the Celtics don't have problems and that they don't need to make a deal. I've said that from the beginning. They need to use that traded player exception. They need to make some sort of deal to fix some of the problems on this team. Not a, not a doubt. But at the same time, I also acknowledge the reality that this could change. They could learn. It could get better. But you know what? If you want to be negative about it, fine. I'm not going to tell you not to be. Like, if that's who you are, that's who you are. And I'm not going to tell you how to be a fan. I'm just going to tell you this is what I think. But here's where I think you might be missing out. And this is where Paul Pierce comes in. Paul Pierce, if people remember the story, and if you, some people became Celtics fans, maybe you're listening You don't remember before 2008? I mean, that was, oh my God. Jeez, that was 13 years ago? Jeez, man. So some of you in your 20s (laughs) maybe don't remember the entirety of Paul Pierce's career. But Paul Pierce was being run out of town. Paul Pierce went through one of the low valleys that we're seeing, kind of like we're seeing right now. Maybe worse because it lasted over multiple seasons. That Paul Pierce was young and petulant and cocky and brash, and he had that Team USA disaster that he was a part of, and even after the stabbing, he just was this overly, I don't know, over-the-top athlete. He was, not, he was not leading the Celtics to a championship. It was, the, it was all about trading Paul Pierce. There was a point, and he almost got traded. He did almost get traded. He almost got traded. I think it was a Chris Paul trade. He almost did get moved. And what was happening with Paul Pierce then If it was today, in the age of Twitter, and it blows my mind that Paul Pierce was not in the age of Twitter, at least most of his career, but if it was today, how many people, I can't tell you, my mentions would be a grease fire of, you gotta trade Paul Pierce, Danny Ainge is a moron for not trading Paul Pierce, he's losing value as we speak. Blah, 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 blah. And one of the great things that I love about Paul Pierce's career in Boston is how much he's loved now. How much him crawling through that mud turned him into a redemption project hero kind of 
forever loved in Boston. It took going through what he went through to turn around and make amends with Doc Rivers to commit to the Celtics and understand that all of the things that he thought that he could do it himself, that that turned out to be wrong, that he realized he couldn't do it himself and that he needed some help. And the help finally came and he did win a championship. And that moment of him standing on that table with all those people holding that table and him pumping that MVP, that finals MVP trophy in the air, Paul Pierce's redemption story was complete. So now I'm just saying that with this team, with this group, with Brad Stevens, with Tatum, with Brown, with Danny Ainge, we're kind of seeing that thing happen again. Now, I don't know how this story is going to end. Could crash and burn. Very easily could crash and burn. But it also could turn around. And in the midst of all of this madness, of all of this negativity, in all of this craziness that people are spewing online, I don't think people are sitting back enough, first of all, and understanding it's just sports, calm down. And secondly, you, you could be missing, you could be missing what could be the best part of the story. Every great story has conflict. All the heroes and all the great stories have to overcome something. The protagonist always has to overcome a challenge. Maybe this is the challenge. And again, it could all fail. Could all just suck, blow it up, rebuilds around the world, (laughs) around the sports world, go nowhere all the time. And this could be one of them, could be. But it could also be something that maybe we're missing something here. I'm just saying, in the world of sports, you could just sit back a little bit and say, all right, let's see how they get out of this one. Rather than losing your mind, there are people out there who make money off of you losing your mind. There are people out there, all of the people who call optimistic Celtics fans green teamers, they that that's the tell. If somebody calls... If, if somebody's calling uh, a Celtics fan a green teamer, a person in the media, that person's shtick is they'll make money off of making you angry. That's it. I Half of those guys don't even believe it. Hate to tell you, they're putting on a show. Half of those guys are putting on a show. And I've talked to people not this season, but in the past had real basketball conversations with people and had like rational back and forths. And then those people will go on TV or the radio and launch into the same type of stuff because they're, they're bullshitting you. They want your money and this is how they stand out. And if you're sitting out there parroting green teamers at people and that's your insult, well, congratulations. You're, you're, (laughs) they got you. I'm telling you, they don't want to have rational conversations. Rational conversations don't get phone calls. Rational conversations don't get, you know, their, their Twitter fights or their whatever, get them the attention. 
Rational Conversations are for us on podcasts where we've built this community and we're talking things through. I don't know how things are going to go. I really don't. I try every day to say, okay, what do we have here? What's the, what's the latest batch of information? Where's this going? What's new? Do I need to adjust what I'm thinking? We're going to work through it together, but also just enjoy the ride. Just enjoy the ride a little bit. Just please. Okay. You don't have to believe if you don't think Danny is doing a good job, I'm not going to change your mind. Maybe like he's certainly the Jeff Teague signing was a disaster. And you know, the, the decision to, to sign Tristan Thompson was curious at best right now. And so, yeah, we all get that doesn't mean it can't work ultimately. Like some of this part, some of this stuff can't work. You know, it doesn't mean that who knows, who knows how it's going to go. You go through the all-star break to turn around the second half of the season could be, could be a lot better. And I think there are signs that show there are possibilities of this getting better. It's also possible that this could just fall fail. They'll lose in the second round of the playoffs and everybody's going to lose their mind and we move on and whatever. All of that stuff is possible. I'm not dismissing the possibilities of anything. But I am just going to say, just chill out. Just (laughs) turn the volume down on the hatred. Just a couple of notches. Just enjoy a little bit of this process. Because you never know where it's going to end up. And if you spent too much of it being mad, then the other side of it's not going to be as good. It's just not. All right, we're going to see what happens against the Dallas Mavericks Celtics uh, on another back-to-back. I think, yes, back-to-back, because why not? Celtics in Dallas, and I will be here post-game after they face the Mavericks, hopefully with better news than the uh, yesterday's post-game. And then Atlanta again on Wednesday. I'll have a post-game there as well. And then... I'll figure out a Friday podcast. So Monday through Friday, that's what you're going to get from me. Maybe I'll get, uh, maybe I'll do a Pacers crossover. Those are always fun. So Monday through Friday, you're going to get a podcast from me. So subscribe, Locked On Celtics, wherever you get your podcasts. And regular listeners, I hope you uh, enjoy the show. Five-star rating, good written review would be amazing. And share the podcast. Tell all your friends that they should be listening to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Celtics the number one Boston Celtics podcast on the planet.